Hello. Welcome to Piecing the Parsha Together. Parsha's Shmos. We are introduced to Moshe Rabbeinu. And an idea that I believe I have shared before from the Sforno. Is it? Bas Paro's naming of Moshe as Moshe is indicative of her belief that he had to save others because he himself was drawn forth from the water and therefore he must draw others forth. And this is an idea that Moshe has internalized within himself because the first story that the Torah tells us about Moshe is he goes out to see his brothers and their burdens and their toils. And he sees a Mitzri striking a Jew, which Rashi will inform us is Dasan. <clears throat> and immediately Moshe comes to save Dasan. He kills the Mitzri. And he buries him. The next day, Moshe sees two Jews quarreling. Once again, Moshe tries to break it up. And unfortunately, his view of what he wanted to do to save his people is smashed. Because the response he gets is, are you going to kill us like you killed the Mitzri? And the Medrash makes clear that these two Jews are fighting. And once again, Dasan and Aviram. And it is in fact, Dasan, the individual that Moshe saved, who apparently the next day had told Paro, Moshe killed a, a Mitzri. What kind of gratitude, or I should say ingratitude. And Moshe seems to take it a step further even. Moshe's comment is <clears throat> that behold, the matter is known. You could take it as a literal sense that Moshe realizes that his actions of the previous day are known. Rashi says, Moshe comes to the realization that B'nai Israel's servitude in Mitzrayim is seemingly justified. Seems, Rashi says that Moshe could not understand how, how is it they suffer so much. He says if they have informants, Lush and Haro, among the people, then there's no question anymore. And what must this do to Moshe's sense of mission? He's going to rescue his people. He's already tried to do that. And the reality that he encounters, at least maybe in his eyes, is that perhaps they don't deserve it. Or seemingly their situation up until this point in time is in some sense justified. And Moshe will flee Mitzrayim. And there are Midrashim that add color to the story, Moshe escapes Paro's executioners through various miracles. 
And Moshe will find himself in Midian at a well. And Yisro's daughters come to water their flock. And they are accosted by the other shepherds. And Moshe, again, in rescuer mode, to try to defend those who are persecuted, will rescue Yisro's daughters. And perhaps we can say somewhat unfortunately, Yisro's response is the response that should have occurred in Mitzrayim among formal members of Klai Yisro. Yisro says, you left. You left him. You left Moshe by the well. No, bring him. Now she says, bring him, and he's worth marrying off to one of you. And Moshe will marry Tzipor. And Moshe seemingly now establishes his home in Midian. It goes so far, Moshe's son is the first one, Gershom. He forgot. He was a sojourner. And Moshe will stay with Yisrael for about 60 years. And the Chumash doesn't say anything specific about Moshe's life in these years. There are various Midrashim talk about perhaps him having some sort of empire, king of Kush, and various stories. But Chumash says nothing. What does Moshe feel towards the Klai Israel that forced him sort of to flee Mitzrayim? And again, a little later in the Parsha, Hashem will say, those who wanted you dead are gone. Are they literally dead? Or have they just lost their power, as Rashi says, their prestige? And a poor person can be considered dead. But it seems like Moshe had what to worry about. And it feels, seems almost like he, he wouldn't have contemplated even returning the fear of dust and Aviram. That's how he leaves his people. The people he thought he had to save. And for 60 years he remains with Yisrael. And there is a break in the Chumash. And it mentions B'nai Israel crying out. And Hashem listening to their cries. And there's a, <clears throat> another break. And we will be seemingly put to approximately Moshe in the 80th year of his life as a shepherd for Yisrael. Taking his sheep to the desert, Rashi says, to avoid grazing on somebody else's land. Again, Moshe's sense of justice. 
and Moshe will end up at Har Sinai. Again, the Medrash says he runs after a sheep that had escaped and found water to drink. Moshe says, oh, he must have been thirsty. Oh, he must be tired. He carries the sheep. And I think it's this idea, once again, of Moshe concerned about the suffering of even one sheep it makes him the caliber to be a leader for B'nai Israel. And Hashem will <clears throat> appear in the burning bush. There will be a back and forth. The Rashi says lasts for seven days. And Moshe has two concerns. One of them is physically he does not believe he can speak to Paro. But the other concern is that Ben Israel won't believe him. He does not believe that this people is worth being redeemed. And there has to be some sort of progression that occurs at the burning bush, at the snap, that will cause Moshe to change that. And Hashem in some way, punishes Moshe, speaking negatively about B'nai Israel. Says, Mazabiyadecha. And it's written as word. Rashi says, You should be struck with the staff that's in your hand. As you speak negatively about Kalai Israel, Moshe throws the staff down and it turns into a snake. And Rashi says that Moshe is adopting the ways of the first snake. Of Nachash. Moshe's hand turns to Tsaras. Tsaras is the punishment of Lashon Har. Miriam has it. And Parshas Bahalosha. And that is what Chazal say for Tsaras in part in, in um, Tazriya Mitzvah. And seemingly, Moshe gets convinced. So, Shmos, the Parsha, has the birth of a nation in Klai's realm. But it also contains within it at least part of the story of the creation of the ultimate leader of Klai's realm. Moshe, raised in royalty, but taught perhaps to remember the downtrodden and persecuted, a lesson that is integral to many passages in the Chumash at later points, not oppressing orphans and converts, 
and widows. Moshe seems to have learned this lesson, but unfortunately, it is not something he can see right away in Kalei And it will take him 60 years and a lengthy conversation with Hashem to see otherwise. And at least as far as what the Torah says, the only assurance Moshe has is that they're going to worship Hashem on that mountain. And interestingly, when Claudius around the camp at Harsinai, the wording the Pasuk uses is Vayichan Sham Yisrael Neged Hahar. Vayichan is a singular being used to describe the nation. And she says on that, Ki Echad one man, one heart. The unity and the harmony which are lacking. When Moshe says, Achain Noda Hadavar, I see this Lashon Hara and disunity among them has been rectified, like Hashem said, on the mountain. They have that unity. And they are ready to receive the Torah. We hope that we can achieve this unity in our times and be able to, once again, fully receive Hashem's Torah. I wish everyone a wonderful Shabbos. Thank you for listening. See you next time.